you click it? Yeah, I clicked it. All right, man. Well, we are here for the first round of Josh and Trevor. So, you know, our run of the show, we're going to pretty much be asking a variety of different topics. So, our first topic that we are going to ask right <laughs> now. So, um, this is for you, Josh. So, why do you think people are making podcasts nowadays? Like, as far as, like, you know, it seems to be a trend definitely with our age range. Well, people older are doing it, too. So, I don't know. Why do you think, why do you think someone does make a podcast initially? Uh, I think a lot of things always come back, like, full circle. Like, trends, they always come back. Because mm-hmm. I remember when we were younger, podcasts were a thing, too. But then... I think YouTube took over that. Mm-hmm. But then once YouTube got too big and like they started um, not like paying their uh, content creators enough and stuff, mm-hmm. the creators, they needed another outlet for, I don't know, money mm-hmm. or they wanted more freedom or something. Yeah. And so a lot of YouTube creators started making podcasts. And then I think that's why people are back into it Mm -hmm. of course there are some podcasts that have been going and continue to go Mm -hmm. but i think the sudden influx of people our age that are listening to podcasts more within the last like four ish years three ish years is because of the shifting nature of youtube yeah because it seems like you know to me a podcast was pretty much always um we can also look at each other probably, like as long as so. <laughs> You're right. But I guess like for a po- for me initially, a podcast always seemed like, you know, it was a critique about something that you did not like in the area that you were in. So yeah, I did see a lot of YouTubers, but it seemed like it was constantly um, the topics would be interesting. <laughs> um, the topics would constantly be just um things as far as like it was a critique or like it's almost seemed like an open open journal or just really uh it seemed like a platform to talk about stuff that you initially didn't get to speak to people about like if you was in that classroom and you didn't get to raise your hand to give your input then you would run to your podcast and then you would say it <laughs> because oh, like, right, right. like you know nobody would hear it initially so um i don't know i guess i think people make podcasts um when it's probably there's information that they feel nobody has access to or an insight that they think they have that nobody else does. And so it's at any day and time, like, people have access to it and then they can find it on the Internet and then they can kind of get, like, you know, that information, so to speak. So so almost like a library, you know, if you want to kind of hear a thought or an idea or anything like that, then, you know, that seems pretty interesting. So... Yeah, that's what I um kind of thought. All right, next question. So, film school, how are you doing in films? How 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 is that treating you right now? Film school, <laughs> uh, I like it. Mm-hmm. It's what is what is it? March. It's March now, mm-hmm. and we started back in the end of July, early August. Now, so how many months is that? That's like August, July, August, September, October, November, December, December. That's right, <laughs> nine months. Almost a year, right? Yeah. Oh, God. So it's almost been a year since I moved out here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, film school. Oh, uh, yeah, so most of it I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone that I've met is super chill. Mm-hmm. Um, I like hearing people's perspectives on, um, like, different perspectives in general. Yeah, stories in general, it seems like everybody here wants, kind of wants to be you know, it doesn't seem to me like everybody's ego is really just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, it's overflowing. Like, I don't get a lot of that from the cohort. You know, everybody kind of has their idea of how they want to change the world, which is what I think is, um, well, at least change the world through film, so to speak. So they have their own um, agendas pretty much. And I think which is, what is really cool is that they're so willing to help out how we're willing to help out each other, definitely, so to speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, w- we all recognize each other's, like, presence, mm-hmm. so I really appreciate that. And everyone's, like, 
pretty funny for the most part. Yeah, <laughs> everybody definitely has an identity. So if one yeah. was like not here, which is I guess it was kind of um a little tough. Like now that we don't have um I don't know where Saf is, but you know it kind of feels weird not seeing her around, you know anymore. But um yeah, I think that's what's really good. So like, what's the um what initially got you? into saying like oh i want to do film school like did you did you have that idea in undergrad as a freshman no (laughs) so what like kind of prompted you to kind of come into this direction yeah so actually it was 2018 Mm -hmm. like october november ish Mm -hmm. i was in korea I was studying abroad at that time, that semester, because mm. it's my second to last semester mm. of undergrad. Um, and my friend Kirsten, you know her now. Yeah. But and like we reconnected, mm-hmm. so we haven't spoken in years. Mm-hmm. But then she slid in my DMs. So wait, Kirsten, you knew Kirsten before? Yeah. You? Oh snap! Okay, I didn't know that. We went to high school together for the first half. Are you before serious? Before I moved. Wow. Okay, that I didn't know that. So that's what's up. Okay, yeah. go ahead. And Mom. she like replied to one of my stories on Instagram, mm-hmm. saying like, "Oh, you're traveling and living life on four dollars, whatever." And I was like, "Ha ha, whatever." Mm-hmm. And so we kind of reconnected, and then we just got like, caught up through the DMs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was just telling me about this program, like what her she's uh, she's been up to, mm-hmm. and she's been doing this. And I was like, "Oh, that sounds pretty cool." Mm-hmm. Um. And by that time, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after I graduated. Mm -hmm. And so while I was looking it up, I saw it was like, no GRE. And Mm -hmm. that's a a beautiful (laughs) thing right there. (laughs) Actually, that's the main reason Mm -hmm. I applied to this school specifically. Mm -hmm. But also because I was like, okay, Kirsten's here. Mm -hmm. I have someone, I have a friendly face I can connect with already. Um. And then, yeah, I just saw that it was, uh, like, veteran-friendly mm-hmm. so that I could kind of attend it. Mm. So, oh, oh, and rolling admissions, mm-hmm. yes. I was like, okay, there's, like, no pressure. Right. Um, I w- If I didn't get in, I, was, I wouldn't have been pressed that much. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad I'm here. Mm. And since the end of last semester i'm like pretty confident now uh-huh. of this new life and like where i'm headed right <coughs> there you go so like pretty much um yeah um when i initially started out in school like um the support wasn't in artistic expression so to speak so um you know because you know my background like super educated like white collar like there's there's a certain idea for success like you have to have a certain occupation because my parents are like you know principal engineer and then you got to go like something similar to that route as far as lawyer doctor or whatever and that's what my um brothers and sisters are doing so um yeah i didn't think about film school as a possibility until um, probably the end of my junior year at least like the mid to end of my junior year because when I got to St. Louis University um I s- yep I sw- <laughs> I switched my major to graphic design and then um pretty much um you know I was just like okay now that I switched over and then I kind of knew um all the medias of art that had to happen you know I've always had like an interest in film but I was like I got to take my art to the next level so I wanted to do like storytelling in motion and so I was like, okay, film seems like a good idea, and that's something that I think I could definitely see myself doing as far as um, from a visual perspective. So um, I would think that a lot of people who want to go to film schools usually want to go to big ones that stick out or UCLA or USC. And because that um, that application process is, like, so exorbitant in the amount of people that go there, they said that, oh, you got to have your stuff ready by January in the beginning of my um senior year and I'm like I ain't got no content <laughs> I'm like I'm supposed to make all my stuff like you know this year so you know I was like okay um let me look at all these other programs and then I saw um Los Angeles Film School you know there was University of Miami Howard and then there was AU and then 
when I initially took the tour here, I got a job offered, and I was like, like the networking here, and I liked all the um, faculty that was here, and pretty much all the, um, you know, all the um, perks and all the opportunities that came with AU, and so I think it's really interesting how we both started in this program. Now we're literally working multiple jobs, and we're always busy. <laughs> so um, quality of work is no longer um, the hardest thing. It's the amount of work. So I think that's what's literally so cool, and I've just been super busy ever since. So, yeah, nah, I like that a whole lot. So um, what do you hope to gain, you know, pretty much from once you graduate here? Uh, or at least where do you see yourself what do you see yourself doing because I think for a film student it seems like it's never one thing that you want to do it seems like it's multiple things you want to do as far as that so I'm kind of in that route but go ahead yeah uh, because I came into this program kind of randomly low key mm-hmm. um Oh, and I wanted to say, actually, um, yeah, I looked at all the other film schools, too, like, mm-hmm. you know, the name brand ones or whatever. Yeah. But also, <laughs> AU is on rising in ranks. Exactly. So, I'm not sad about this. Because it's all. still a great program. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I looked at all the other ones mm-hmm. just to test it, but they required, yeah, so much. Mm-hmm. AU's application, so easy. Mm-hmm. So, that's <laughs> the main <laughs> attraction. Um... But what I hope to gain, mm-hmm. I mean, th- I think primarily is the skill set that I mm-hmm. am working, that we are constantly working on, mm-hmm. like doing more projects, doing more projects with other people, mm-hmm. meeting people. Um, I think just being in this space where I am fully like doing visual work and stuff Mm -hmm. uh video stuff is all that i am asking for Mm -hmm. because that's kind of what we need and then we just go out into the world and make stuff yeah that's very true oh actually though i think i do want to work with like a production company Mm -hmm. or a studio or something yeah that's probably ideal i think too like definitely um my biggest hope was like gaining that like you said with the um skill set because um um i'm not knocking anybody that has a nine to five or anything like that um i just wanted a job that was kind of reflective of my personality (laughs) interesting um i wanted one that was reflective of my personality and you know me just i'm a natural i'm naturally creative so i said i had to be around creative people if I was going to be able to work. So, yeah, um, I pretty much wanted to be, a, and I guess I was really fortunate because God literally gave me that because I said that's what I want to do as soon as I left school and I came here, and I'm like, y'all are the most creative people I think I've ever been around at one time. So um, I thought that was super dope. So, yeah, I hope to, like, kind of gain the skill set and, um, you know, work on some pretty big projects and some of my own projects as far as, like, you know, getting my stories and getting, you know, my um, artistic expression out to, you know, the rest of the world. So, yeah. Yeah, speaking of stories, that is one thing I also wanted to Mm -hmm. kind of accomplish in this program Mm -hmm. is, like, mm, Asian Mm -hmm. representation. Yeah. Uh, In, like, media the media world is definitely needed it's changing mm-hmm. but hopefully i can be a contributor to it mm-hmm. through this program yeah that's real mm-hmm. that's definitely real so what do we think of our cohort we don't have to like do name drop or anything but how do we like them so far i think we kind of mentioned it earlier. yeah everybody's like kind of said it but like yeah everyone is super chill um mm-hmm. everyone is I like that everyone has, like, their own goals. Mm -hmm. Even though we're not pursuing the same, like, content, Mm -hmm. we can still support each other and recognize each other's, like, um, strengths in their video work or whatever their creative work is. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see that, Mm -hmm. like, into fruition through other people. 
and also getting support from other people oh, while true. we're doing our thing too. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, I like um, how everybody has an identity. So specifically, you can associate certain things with certain people, but um, more so, um, you know, no one seems like they're the other, which is what I think is really cool. And um, yeah, of course, like with everybody having their goals and I'm just the most excited part is to really just see what everybody's going to be doing when this is over. And I sincerely hope I'm probably going to be closer with you guys. Um, I love my undergrad and I'm close with a lot of my friends, but I'm going to be really close with you guys because you guys are going to be in my line of work. So we need to do some, I don't know, like some AU cohort reunion stuff every few years or so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that'd be fun yeah that would be fun so yeah i'm really excited to see like you know what happens after this and where people go and what they do specifically and you know work with people so Mm -hmm. that's a big thing too i really like um how diverse our cohort is Mm -hmm. and that's something i've always wanted to be a part of right because you know, honestly, I was with Asian people, like, all the time, mm-hmm. undergrad for the most part. Mm-hmm. But here, I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what's up, man. Film <laughs> does that, man. Film is a diverse yes, connects, world. connects people. It connects people. Um, Do we want to do breakfast food, or do we want to skip? Yeah, we can. You want to do breakfast? Yeah. Okay. I love food. <laughs> or I think so, what do we, so, what do we, like... What is the ideal breakfast? I mean, I had to change up a lot of my breakfast because now that I'm vegetarian, mm, <laughs> too good for me. <laughs> no more, so no more bacon for me. Um, I guess like some people don't, but I'm, I need orange juice with my bacon. Or with, excuse oh. me, not bacon <laughs> with my breakfast. Yes. I need orange juice with my bre- I need orange juice with my breakfast. I just I need that. So um, that's mm. essential. I don't feel like. I can have breakfast if I don't have no orange juice, but I usually do. I don't know. Carly's kind of an old school, like sixty year old woman, probably. Mm-hmm. Like I need, like I like oatmeal, fresh fruit, maybe, oh, no. a, maybe a flower in the middle of the table. <laughs> oh yeah, so, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I like all that too. Mm-hmm. I kind of quit drinking orange juice though. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Orange juice. Oh, I just go. What, what's wrong? Did you not like it? Or? No, no, I like it. I love juice. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's so acidic, oh, huh. and so it's bad for your teeth. Ooh. So I kind of cut it. Mm, I didn't know that. Dang, I might have to cut that too. Because yeah. you know, I don't like nothing that's unhealthy for me. But <laughs> if you, you can avoid it, as long as you like rinse your mouth or whatever, mm. that's good. But also, uh, are you drinking like organic OJ or like? I, who who knows eh? nowadays? <laughs> who knows what's organic and what's not? Like even organic things are not organic. No, that's mm-hmm. true. Exactly. I just asked because, um, also like the stored old OJs, they just have so much sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of it is from the natural fruit, but mm-hmm. it's still a lot of sugar. Yeah. True that. Okay. My. And I kind of quit milk, too. Yeah, I did, too. Nah, when Javon told me about, like, what is in milk and everything and why you shouldn't, I'm like, <laughs> what's in it? I think it's something, like, with the, you're just not supposed to drink it. it. I think it has something to do with the enzymes or something like that. But, oh, mm-hmm. you know, you're just, you're not supposed to drink other organisms' milk, in my, I think. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. But I'm I'm totally okay I mean, my parents kind of, my parents are supportive in everything I do, but, like, I know they kind of resent a little bit the fact that I can just, like, easily decide that I'm going to cut something out, and then, boom, I just do it. So then, when I come home, you know, they can't cook for me or anything like that like that anymore. It's like, you didn't, you didn't eat, you didn't eat meat, like, all your life. Now, you're not drinking milk, neither. What do, what do you expect to eat here? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, maybe you can make something different. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe some spaghetti without meat or anything like that. But, nah, I love them, though. But, um, 
yeah, um, I stopped cutting meat on milk too. If you tell me that something is probably bad for you, I'm the type of guy to just be like, okay, I won't do it anymore. And it could probably be good for me, but I'll be like, okay, nah, I'm going to just cut it because <laughs> you said so. You seem like you're sure about what you're talking about. Yeah, but everything in moderation, That's dangerous, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, milk, dairy industry, I don't know. I guess I'm protesting it low-key. Yeah. I'm not going to never drink it, but mm-hmm. I don't I haven't, I don't buy milk myself. So you don't or eat, cow milk. You don't eat cheese either? No, I mean, like, I'll eat it, uh-huh. but I won't. Mm. consume it often okay I like i have a bag of cheese in my fridge <laughs> right now <laughs> well like you got goldfish too but it's not <laughs> technically cheese though is that really cheese or not nah? they say it's actual cheese <laughs> like we said like you, you're not certain of anything anymore did you know like everything that we eat like literally everything has some form of corn in it like corn like corn like corn syrup Oh, oh. Even your hair has corn in it right now. My hair? Your hair has corn in it. What you talking about? Yeah, like, there was a documentary on, like, these um these two like dudes. Like, in the shampoo? In your shampoo, probably. But, like, these two dudes, um they said that, okay, we're going to grow, like, these, uh, th- like, we're going to grow, like, acres of corn or whatever. And they were looking at all the uses of what corn and corn syrup is for. And literally, quite, like, everything, like, tea, milk. Probably stuff like, you know, meat, uh, any like as far as food product, probably probably not fresh fruit or anything, not fresh fruit or like vegetables or stuff like that. But anything manufactured like food wise, definitely cereal too, has corn in it, Mm -hmm. some form of corn. So like you got like a certain percentage of corn in you right now. (laughs) So I was like, what is going on? The more you know. The more you know, the more you don't want to know. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So um, moving. Wait, on. hold up, hold up. Mm-hmm. We gotta talk about bread. Damn. We do gotta talk about. Well, you know what? Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. You, you go. You go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. What else? Oh, you talking about bacon? Well, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. What you? What well, do you think of ham in general? Bacon. But let's start with bacon. Bacon is good. I do think it should not be a breakfast food. I don't. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna probably be a little controversial. So, going at number one, I just want to say, I'm not an animal lover. I don't want people like to think that. Oh my god, like animals are like. I do think that animals are, of course, important. But like animals are people too. I'm not like that person. <laughs> but um, I Ooh, can, vegans get them. <laughs> I'm just like um. I basically we can't like from what you said about production. There's like. We, we can't account for what animals are eating, so to speak. So it's like basically you are what you eat, and the animal is what it eats as well. So when it comes specifically to pig, uh, pigs literally eat just whatever the people who are raising them. It literally eats that in and of itself. Like pigs have been known to eat their own offspring, if they don't survive, metal, garbage, glass, plastic, like all that is just eaten by the pig. And so it's just not that it's like going at like a pig or anything like that, but it's just, <laughs> it's not a sanitary animal. So I cannot, and one time I watched um, Snoop Dogg's How They Make Hot Dog videos, and I'm like, and then I just saw like how a hot dog was made, and I haven't eaten one in probably three years and i'm just like and just at that moment i'm like i can't sit here and just put something randomly in my mouth like it's nothing so when i think of pig i just like no and i i don't think i'm not gonna say i don't think it should be not be a breakfast food or it shouldn't be a food i would say just then probably you shouldn't eat as much try not to eat as much try to eat very little to nothing anything but pig like you don't just no, not pig. I I won't eat pig. <laughs> Go ahead though. I think they feed like all the animals some mm-hmm. random stuff. Too. Yeah, they be giving chickens like mm-hmm. cows as well. Meat. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's crazy. Wait, are chickens vegetarian? 
No. Well, or omnivores. I mean, chicken herbivores. Chickens in my. I think chickens are like um, omnivores, but I think chickens will eat whatever you put down like in front of them too. They don't. They're not the smartest animals. So if you put down like a piece of bread, or like a gummy bear or something like that, I'm pretty sure the chicken is going to eat it. Yeah. Because you know it just kind of eats it up. You know. Why? Now we'll say that now. Now we'll say that pescatarian is just as healthy, if not more healthy, than being vegetarian. You know, because um, there's um, I think fish is um a meat that can suffice versus a lot of other meat. It's not getting you as much protein, but it's very lean and clean. And fish don't eat like land animals. You know, they usually eat kind of like as underwater vegetarians or whatever. And you know, a fish is a constant muscle, so it's constantly moving, so it's very lean. So, um, you know, I think, like, if anybody eats fish, then that's totally fine. I think I probably got to start doing that more because I have lost hella weight. And <laughs> I don't – I'm feeling good, but, like, I miss meat, though. I love a good salmon, and I like cod as well. So. Oh, yeah, cod is good. Mm-hmm. I actually just cooked two salmon last You finally night. thawed out that salmon. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I finally thawed it out. I'm about to eat it for dinner mm-hmm. with some rice and broccoli, steamed broccoli or something. That's my favorite, like or salmon boiled dish. broccoli, actually. Yes. I was going to eat green beans, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I think my green beans are going bad. That's what's up. But um, what about the fishing industry, though? Mm. I See, now that's a good point because now you about to have me on that because I don't really look too much into the fishing industry. But go ahead and like, lay some knowledge on me. What's up with them? What are they doing? <laughs> what they doing? Yeah, what they probably doing something uh, just as dirty as the. Well, they're the first of all they're like, we're overfishing. Yeah. We've already killed off like half the fish population. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the fish that we eat are just fish from like farms mm-hmm. that have been you know mm-hmm. raised that way mm-hmm. in like tanks that are way too small. Yeah. Um. Same with, like, cows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should be treating the animals. Well, human human beings in general just treat things like crap, and it's not, I'm not pessimistic in that sense, but, you know, it, it's like we, we constantly just, we, we don't basically, just as human beings, our philosophy is we don't, stop doing things just because it's wrong. We keep on doing the wrong things until it turns out right, pretty much. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh-huh. Well, like, it's like... um A Slavery? Yeah, but slavery still low-key exists, though. Oh, uh, yeah. But it's but like... They... Mm-hmm. We're going to save that for... Like, <laughs> we're going to save that for next week because we will definitely get into, like, those conversations about, like... But honestly, in this next question, it could get a little bit more about um, race or just marginalization in general as far as with Schindler's and everything. But, um, yeah, um, I don't know. Like, with the law, um, with um, supply and demand, I think human beings just, we constantly want more and more. And we don't come up with ways to, like, basically keep the number at bay to make it equal out. You know, we constantly overfish. We cut down multiple trees we pollute like it's nobody's business you know just for the sake of money and production so you know when the dollar is not valuable anymore that'll be an interesting time in the world i hope i don't see that but that'll be when the world becomes madness and i hope i don't i'm not about to see that but yeah go ahead i saw this ad Mm. and they said like Eight million trees are cut down every day. How do you cut down eight million I'm trees? Just saying, that's just like, crazy. It makes no sense. I don't know if that's true though. Yeah. I don't know. It's just fascinating that these ads and statistics they show us all these things about how like CO two mm-hmm. things are rising yeah. rising and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the cynic in me wants to say like climate change like is this actually that um hurtful to us Uh because if 
if what everyone is saying, mm-hmm. which is what I believe, mm-hmm. I believe what everyone is saying. Yeah. But hypothetically, so if everyone, if what everyone is saying mm-hmm. is true, why is no one actually still trying to fix it? Well, um, like, is the government that corrupt that they're just gonna keep doing it, even though we have legit evidence on how not just the U.S. government, but the world? Mm-hmm. Why is the world not actually actively trying to fix this? Well, um, I think it directly relates to um the next um, I think we can go into the coronavirus with this. I think naturally um. It's that we don't do things or we don't act upon things until it directly affects us, in my opinion. So unless you see, you can see things happening miles and miles away and your mentality is, I'm glad I'm not over there (laughs) or like, I'm glad it's not happening over here. But when you can't, when you don't get over the fact that, oh my God, when you like come to the fact that oh my god it's here now i got to do something then that is just like that's one thing i hate and that about like human beings that we constantly do like you know commander commander in chief was literally at a rally i don't know if it was in south carolina or virginia where he was saying that this whole virus thing was a hoax and literally two day literally like the day later or something like that not too far in the future he was clear he was declaring a state of emergency for we're doing everything we're we can for the coronavirus i'm like the the fact of the matter is is that when people do not think that certain things can happen to them or if it doesn't directly affect them this is going to this is going to relate to all of our um to the rest of our um topics but if it doesn't affect you then you don't have to do anything about it. And then once you realize that it could affect you, then you want to act. And that's kind of some, that's just the history of mankind with mm. enslavement, with racism, with all these things. Once you realize that, oh my God, this kind of thing can happen to me, then people want to start to do something. I'm like, it's too late by then, you know? So when things are gone, they're gone. And. Then that's when people really have to like take a look and say, "So Loki, it's horrible that we don't learn until something happens." Right. You know, you're not gonna learn. You know, a kid is not gonna learn to not touch a stove until they put their damn hand <laughs> in the stove and it burn burns them. So, yep, I think we just always want to learn things the hard way. So, going into coronavirus. Um, we had, we saw a lot of stuff in the group meet too, so um, what is, where do we even start with that, is the question. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone knows out there yeah. by now mm. that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't, it is, it is a virus similar to influenza. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's relatively new, I guess. So we don't have a lot of. Uh, information on it mm-hmm. and it's basically a global pandemic mm-hmm. but they haven't called it that yet mm-hmm. probably because it would freak out everyone even more mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's making its way around the world mm-hmm. and just like any other disease really it affects um harshly more harsh than or more harshly to older people mm-hmm. or people with uh, like ho- bad immune systems mm-hmm. um, otherwise you shouldn't be worried too much mm-hmm. but we should still be active in trying to not get it yeah because it's not the fact that younger people don't are not gonna die mm-hmm. like even if we get it we'll be fine right mm-hmm. but the thing is transmission. That's what yeah. we, we as young people want to prevent. Right. So we can help, help protect the older people mm-hmm. and other people with bad immune systems. Yes. And that's what I just finally really came to realize. Because mm-hmm. this whole time I was kind of annoyed. I was like, why is everyone freaking out? Mm-hmm. Like, come on. It's just like the flu. It's already, we have this kind of disease already. And like, why is this in particular so... Um, yeah. driven mm-hmm. but that's what I realized like yesterday actually mm-hmm. like we should be focusing on 
intervention mm-hmm. to help protect other people. Right. Not just don't think of it as like yourself. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm young. Even if I get it, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. That's not the got, mentality we should have. You got parents. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So that's real. Um. Yeah. Um. I don't. You know what I don't like per se about it is is that um. You know when things kind of when things hit the fan or like kind of crap hits the fan then you start to see the um the automatic insecurities that people will like just start to show out of just random it's like randomly people have just become germaphobes out of nowhere like just like all the things that they wouldn't even pay attention to like so you know i met this person who was like um i was giving a tour and everything and then like we were coming across people who didn't even want to shake hands and i'm like did you like i was introducing myself and they said oh well i'm not shaking hands right now and i'm like that's understandable but i'm like was this really happening a few days ago like honestly so um you know i can understand like not wanting to transmit it because you know i don't want to transmit it personally to anybody and i don't want it to come to me or so to speak or anybody that i love so to speak um but i think you brought up some good points um that i think probably it's what's being done better in other places number one we're not testing anybody that's the biggest thing we're not giving free testing and then there's this whole idea about like well, we're doing things to, like, stop. And I'm like, stop lying. What are y'all? There hasn't been one corona, like, advertisement to get tested today for anything. Like, y'all have not done any testing. There has not been any, like, we, we don't know who does have it or who doesn't have it. We literally don't. So, you know, and then the fact that, you know, now we're associating and it's being stereotypical to certain people. Like when Ebola was out, then nobody wanted to talk or get near anybody that was African. Then now you got this. Nobody wants to talk to anybody that's Asian or anything like that. You know, yellow fever, any pandemic, whatever. whatever. Mm-hmm. There's always like that association. But I would say kind of like the only thing that was a little bit alarming about um the girl i didn't get the full story and i made sure i didn't jump to conclusions before we got the full story um but you know um the fact that she got um she came in and then was not tested from an area that supposedly says does have it alive i'm like the biggest thing is is that if you knew that was the case then yeah definitely try and get tested as soon as you can but more so for any any sickness at all do not come to school or do not come to your work if you are sick and that's not what just like corona that's what anything mm-hmm. you're not gonna get yourself better and you're gonna put everybody else at risk that's just it it's simple things wash your hands cover your mouth stay clean practice basic hygiene and i'm pretty sure that this will be fine and it'll blow and it'll be okay because you know the world has had a history of getting through all types of pandemics it has so the black death did not wipe us out you know and that was taken over europe like it was nothing so excuse me the plague so you know i don't really get all the hoo-ha either but i'm just you know i will say to still be precautious but it's easy, relatively easy, to be very precautious in this, um, this manner. So, uh, the thing is, like, mm-hmm. we should have already been, yeah, washing our hands. Like, exactly. That's just, <laughs> that's just normal behavior. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, surprised at people who don't do it. Any sickness mm-hmm. is already going around. Mm-hmm. Like we're always constantly under the chance that we'll get sick. Mm-hmm. Um, through like contact and stuff yeah but you should wash your hands mm-hmm. yeah stay clean stay clean all right okay now to our last topic Ooh, we are going to talk about i i picked in particular the films that i thought correlated so we saw schindler's list this is going to be a little preview of what's next week um y'all so stay tuned for that too schindler's list Paris is Burning, Tongues Untied, and The Watermelon Woman. Um, 
we can talk about the watermelon woman if you want to, but I think like Schindler's List, Parents is Burning, and Tongues Untied is what most of um, the cohort liked from the Piazza post. So, what did you? I know you said you didn't like talking about that movie, but um, or like as far as like not that movie, but like I know you said, you know that stuff is very extreme, but like. Please, like, kind of inform me, like, what was super extreme about. Like, tell me when you saw that for the first time. Like, what was your reaction to it? About Schindler's List? Yeah. Or unless you wanted to start somewhere else. Do you want to start in Tongues Untied? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I can talk about it. Okay. Um, no, I liked Schindler's List. Uh-huh. It was a great film. Um, but what did get me was it was really graphic. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't expect to see those actions being taken place mm-hmm. like you know usually in films they'll cut they'll shoot mm-hmm. but then you don't see them mm-hmm. like getting shot yeah it just cuts to them falling or whatever mm-hmm. but they all of the deaths that they shot mm-hmm. they showed it like it within its entirety and while i don't like that like like seeing that mm-hmm. i think it was done purposefully mm-hmm. and i understand that so what I think is what happened is they inc- they chose to include those scenes because it evokes that emotion that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes we, when th- things that we see in films, we're like, oh, that's just in a movie. Mm-hmm. But the thing is with Shinda's List, these things, that was real. Like mm-hmm. that actually happened. People saw that, people experienced that. And I think that's what they wanted the viewers to understand. Like, this isn't just a movie. This is this actually happened in real life. Mm. People just get shot at for no reason. Mm. And so, uh, well, Spielberg. Yeah. So I think his, I don't know if he <laughs> solely decided it, but mm-hmm. his decision to include those scenes, mm-hmm. graphic, although super graphic, is a way of evoking emotion. Yeah. So, um, okay, so I'm going to do a little bit of jumping around. So, um, Schindler's List, um, that definitely did incite a lot of, um, emotions when I was watching it because, um, one thing that, um, I think was, was very effective in Schindler's List and Paris is Burning, um, but I'm going to start with Steven Spielberg in particular. It's like, um, Shalom made a good point, um, humanist filmmaking which is like I think a powerful tool especially coming up with topics like this because when we think about now that Shalom has told us like you know the professor has told us about his situation with his grandfather and the gentleman like who um the um the Lithuanian um Japanese um um diplomat who was able to get his grandfather out that'll now make it that I don't know, I don't have one Jewish friend that I have or know of that hasn't personally been in some way, shape, or form affected by the Holocaust. And that's real for you. So, the fact that he is literally a survivor of that is what's really crazy. But getting back to Spielberg, the humanist um, technique of making the film is what's um, really what jumped out to me when that film was created because you the average human being is not going to come into terms with six million of anything you're not the average person is not going to have six million followers you're not going to have six million dollars you're not going to have probably six million whatever you're not going to have six million of anything so the fact that you can humanize and you can say like for one person one, if you can focus on one and see the importance of making a character and understanding that this one human being and what in the fascination or really not the fascination, but the importance of life and, and, and identity. So we know Shalom and Shalom is Jewish and Shalom is one person. Now, can you imagine six million Shaloms? just probably just taken away like that in that manner 
that's what's very bothersome. So the fact that he did little things with names and he did things to understand, he's like, listen, we need to right. stop thinking in the aspect of this happened to six million people. This happened to Shalom. You know, this happened to Anne Frank. This happened to so-and-so and such and such and Josh Joe and Trevor Edwards and all these people who happen to make up six million people are made up by individuals. So I thought that that was really effective. And so why Paris was is burning was really effective is that I think it took a similar approach with, okay, you have this, um, it starts off where you start off and you see that it's the city of New York. Then you have these people who identify their identities, and then they take you into their world. You learn about language. You learn about their culture. You learn about their style. You learn about their slang. Everything that makes people people. And then you also learn about, you know, the struggles that come with them, and you still learn about what makes them great. So, you know, if you can identify, the, the idea is to leave with the mentality of, Man, if that was me in that situation, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. I think most of the time when movies are made, especially on these kind of subjects, it either ends up far left or far right when we want it to be in the middle because you can have three ideologies. And so mm -hmm. now connecting tongues untied, um, I'm going to say I didn't like that one in particular because I felt that it lacked that humanist, you know, that um, it still felt like it was alienating a little bit because um, it talked about the hardships and the experiences of bla um, gay black males but in, in my opinion it didn't reel in and it didn't bring it didn't take the opportunity to reel you in to make you have that relatability you're not supposed to relate in certain ways but you're supposed to still you know relate as far as like um, you know what are things that are similar I have a language you have a language you know I have style you have style I have culture, you have culture, like those things. So um, the fact that it di they didn't take the opportunity to establish, uh, maybe they did for a few times, but they didn't, majority of it, I felt that it was just really the hardships. And for me as a black male, I don't understand like the struggles of being a gay black male, but you know, my entire life is not about struggle. So I think the mentality for really what the film really said was is that it's hard to be a gay black male. And I'm like, it's, or like if it was according to me, it's hard to be a black person in America or it's hard to be a black male. And for me, my response to that would be, it's not hard to be a black male. It's, it happened, you know, it happens to be hard because I'm black. Those are two completely different things. So um, we'll discuss that a little bit more next week. But, um, yeah, I think that when Tongues Untied didn't reel it in and it, you know, it kind of alienated people, you really just left with the mentality that, um, oh man, it's hard to be black and gay and, oh, well, I can't really do anything about that. That's how mm -hmm. really people really think. They just say, well, that's something that I'm not going to understand. So, oh, but what can I do? And that's what Schindler's List did for the main character. What can I do? What do you want me to do? Like. You want me to just take every Jewish person out of the concentration camps? What can I do? Like, but um, with Tongues Untied, yeah, it kind of did that alienation. And then you could have had that mentality or you could have had, um, oh, say you could have had people saying, oh, I know exactly what it means to be a, a gay black male. I'm like, no, you don't. Just understand that this person is a person. And if I was in that scenario as well i wouldn't want that to happen to me so i should try and make change however i can and so we'll talk about that more next week but um yeah that was one thing that i liked about schindler that was what i liked about schindler's list was really the humanist approach of really getting people and still trying to identify and let other people you know know that um this has nothing to do with the fact that they are Jewish. They happen to be Jewish, but people have their own little perspectives of them or their own insecurities. And so, you know, they're just going through this stuff 
and people have these and are persecuting them because they happen to be Jewish. That's just that's what's just really messed up about it. So, you know, I think it was really cool as far as him using things such as Billie Holiday and directly correlating to, you know, black struggles as well. He used Billie Holiday. He used um, certain dialect that I thought was really interesting. So, yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really well done. But I'm sorry if I talked super long, but go ahead. Hmm. Uh, okay. Hmm. No, yeah, I'm totally with you on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I was asleep for most of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, if you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. But, um, so, yeah, I, 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 do see what you're trying to say though mm. I, I'm assuming that's what happened because mm. that's what I got from the beginning too yeah um, I think with Tongue Tied Tide because it was pretty abstract mm-hmm. um, it can come off that way mm-hmm. um, but I'm not gonna sp- I can't speak much more about it it's all right yeah I was asleep for all of it mm. <laughs> like have you ever seen Pose before no um, so, but you like Paris is Burning, though, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you watch Pose, you will, if you like, if you, if you like Paris is Burning, then you will extremely like Pose. And it's for a wide variety of audiences because it lets you know about characters and the fact that these are people. And if you can, in filmmaking, which is what I hope to like see in your films as well, if you can kind of like we we are we're different me and you like if we use this example and i remember when i went to an aaa meeting asian america um, asian american association at st louis university and so it was the first time i had ever been around um just um a wide variety of you know people who were not like myself especially in the asian community and it was obvious that, um, you know, I stuck out and that, um, you know, I wasn't of Asian descent in any way, shape or form. And, you know, they came up and asked me, um, you know, um, if I was Asian at all. And I said no. But the more um, the biggest thing that I did was that, number one, um, I didn't go in assuming that I knew anything about anybody. I assumed I knew what who they were or things they liked or anything of that matter. I didn't assume anything of that at all. I was there to learn about them, and I was there to learn what they were willing to share with me. And the more that I talked, the more that I listened to them, I was like, through our similarities, um, through our differences, we're more similar than we think. So they had language. I had language. You know, they had favorite foods. I have favorite foods, you know, they had um, specific games and, you know, terminology and slang that they use. So did I. So I was like, oh, my God, like these people ain't no different than me. You know, it's different, but it's still the same, though. So I think that if you can do that in filmmaking, which is what I think Paris is burning and Pose does, if you can really kind of capture that and really put into perspective of these this is people and these are people that um you know that are important and they are special in their own way and then they happen to be getting persecuted then i think you can really that's where i think you can really knock the socks off but more so if you can make a film about good characters and the depths to them then i think it can be really effective so yeah that's all i'm gonna say about it it was one of the best experiences that I've ever had, though. It was, like, super cool, though. So, you know, it was, it's awesome. So, you need to teach me What that. was the meeting for? Just, like, a general meeting? It was just, yeah, a general um, body meeting about, mm-hmm. like, you know, come on out, you know, come meet people. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. let me go hang and let me do that. Let me completely, I think the best way to learn anything about people is c- complete immersion. If you want to learn Spanish, complete immersion. Mm-hmm. Go to a Spanish-speaking country. I guarantee you for three to four months, like my brother said, you'll learn Spanish. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> the problem is, is that like, or, you know, if you go to South Korea, you will learn, like, like you learn that language. The problem is, is that like the way we teach language here in America is all wrong because we still teach it. And how does it relate back to English? Mm-hmm. 
so it's like putting a layer so it's like you got english as a foundation and then like if you're trying to learn korean oh this word is cat in korean and i'm like that's not how you're supposed to teach it you're supposed to teach the word for what it is so like or teach like it has universal meaning so what's um what's a good word that um what's water in um south korea well like what what, what do you guys speak in south korea korean korean okay <laughs> so korean. so like what's water Bui. Bui? Bui. Bui. it's like kind of like m-o-o-l Mui. no oh no no l m-o-o-l uh-huh. mool yeah mool mool okay mool so if i was to learn that i'm like learn that mool is mool that's just learn it that way just learn that mool is mool like the oh mool means water no learn mool <laughs> mool is yeah. mool i see what you're saying mm-hmm. but um that, isn't that just kind of how language learning works it's you like, have to like well i think that's why kids kids who learn it you, you should definitely try to teach a kid a foreign language before the age of eight mm-hmm. okay, like because yeah. when babies learn when babies are learning language they think of when they associate certain items with words and sounds based off of visibility then they think that that item is for whatever it is just in and of itself so this looks like a microphone so i'm going to always call it a microphone i know what a microphone looks like so um i was talking over here like this is a microphone it looks like a microphone this is red because it just looks red but if you don't learn that this color or this thing can have multiple names then that's where it's hard. So if you just kind of come at it from just one language, then you're always going to try and associate all other languages with your one lane of language. So I think that's kind of like the mistake that I think a lot of us are making. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm definitely teaching my kids a foreign language when they get younger. They got to learn that. Number one, it makes you more marketable, but it's just important. And I want things to be a little bit different in the coming future yeah no yeah i totally see your point mm-hmm. especially in um the language learning of kids mm-hmm. i think it's very apparent there yeah i also want i want my kids to be like trilingual mm-hmm. by the age of like five mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, that's real. the trick is you have to speak it and speak it only mm-hmm. to them right they say if you if you're in like a multicultural family mm-hmm. or if you get to know two languages already um if one parent speaks one language to them mm-hmm. and then the other parent speaks another language to the kid mm-hmm. and i think that's effective mm-hmm. i think that's how i kind of grew up so your parents um spoke nothing but um oh wait Korean. jk that's such a lie mm-hmm. um well how, um so um did your parents um when you guys were growing up do you guys strictly speak um, just Korean. Um. So yeah. I'm. When I was younger, I think yeah, mm. I think Korean language, Korean was my first language. Mm. But as I was like actually growing up, mm-hmm. it my parents would speak Korean to me, but oftentimes I would reply in English. Mm-hmm. Um. And it still happens now. Mm-hmm. But I've learned Korean more mm. than compared to when I was younger. Or like when I was younger, I was resenting everything, whatever. Mm-hmm. We can get into that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's like a mixed mixture of speaking it. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what I was going to say. Alright, All right, thank you guys so much. This was like such an awesome podcast. I think we had a good conversation. So, how do you feel about it? I feel good. Uh... It was the first one, so it's like whatever. Yeah, we're man. just learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it'll get better. So stay, stay around. Please, absolutely. We will. If you even together. made it this far, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think that's what you guys can expect. Mm-hmm. Just like Trevor and I, just gonna talk about random things. <laughs> this is just our opinions and what our experiences have been like, mm-hmm. and how that influences and informs our opinions and. I think it's just going to be fun mm-hmm. to like hear our opinions. 
and learn more about each other. Yeah. I think there's so much to learn from one another. So I think that's super dope. Alrighty, thank you guys. So like, please, like, as far as like, if you are hearing this, please tune in for next week. We're gonna have new topics. We're gonna have new discussions, and we're gonna hopefully be bringing guests in to make it a, a lot more live as well. Because I think it was pretty live right now, but I know we have friends who definitely want to get in on this and these conversations, and I think that they would definitely and extremely enjoy being able to talk about this stuff. So, mm-hmm. no, uh, I think it would fun, be fun. Everyone, everyone has something to say. Yes. So, love to hear it. Love to share it. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You want to hit that record?